Hey, hey, everyone. This is Borrowing Tape. I'm Nasi DeSanders, and I am here with Ivan Kavanaugh, the director of the horror thriller Sun. Sun is a story of a mother with an abusive past who goes to desperate lengths to protect her son from the various forms of evil after him. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us, Ivan. You're welcome. Glad to be here. So let's jump in. Where did you get the idea for this story? Well, the idea started when um, my first son was born about five years ago. And he had a very, very difficult birth. And we were very worried about him for a few months. And we had a lot of sleepless nights. And what I saw during that time, how close my wife and son were growing, that mother-son bond. And it was very, very strong. And then I, as a writer, I started to think, but how far would a mother go to protect that son she loves, you know? What wouldn't she do to protect him, you know? Is there anything, anything that she wouldn't do? And that got me started on the writing. So during those sleepless nights of the baby crying and in between feeding him, and I started to jot down ideas for the script. So that's how it oh, came wow. to me. That's great. So there are some very tastefully handled sexual themes in this film. Could you tell us a bit about your approach to introducing these themes to the story? Well, with, with horror films, you can explore very difficult themes through genre, you know? So mm -hmm. what seems like, like, like a genre element can carry you through these very difficult themes, you know? And horror has always been like, like that. It, you can really de deal with these in, in, a, in a very abstract way, which is why I love horror films so much, you know? It gives you so much le leeway. There is no subject you can tackle or, or no subject too big or small you, you, you can not tackle with a horror film, I think, yeah. because it's so abstract, because it's, you can push, really push boundaries. And because the message of horror films is sometimes so subtle, you know, it, it just creeps in throughout it, you know. And this film, I mean, on, on the page, it seems to be about demons and devils, but the real evil in, in this story are the people and what they've done, you know. Yes, absolutely. Um, Cool. So motherhood could be considered a subgenre of horror at this point. What special sauce yeah. does Sun bring to this subgenre? What special what? Special sauce. What's new about about this uh, subgenre from Sun? I don't know. I mean, well, in Sun, it, it was it came as I said, it came from a very personal yeah. place. So for me, that was the only reason. I, I I didn't when I was writing it. I didn't think I make. Uh, I want to make. A film of this subgenre. I'm not sure I was even aware of them, you know. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it just it just it just came from that very organic, very personal place, you know. And um, I suppose when you think about it, you have Rosemary's Baby. You have um, can't think of any others, but I'm sure there's a thousand of them. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Yeah, it is 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 a, a good subgenre. I suppose because the bond is so close. Yeah. Um, I think what makes this different, though, is that perhaps the son is the threat in this, you know? Mm. It's usually about a mother trying to protect the son, and it still is about that, but the son may be the bad guy in this film, but we just don't know, you know? Yeah. So when casting a mother and son as central protagonists, what kind of work goes into creating that, like, warmth or chemistry between the actors? Uh, uh, casting is, is, is most of the work of a director, you know? I mean, casting is the most important part of the film, you know? So I usually spend a long, long time casting. Um, Andy Matichek, um, I had seen her in, in, in the Halloween uh, film. I thought she was great. And then when I met her, I usually go on instinct rather than auditions or anything like that. And once I talked to her, I knew she was perfect for the part. 
And then the hunt was on for to find the right boy. And I didn't want a typical movie kid. I wanted a kid that seemed like a real child, you know? Yeah. And um, so we, we did auditions for about four or 500 kids. Wow. And it was really late in the process. I think we were only two weeks from shooting when we found Luke. And he was just, there was no break from on camera and off camera. It was just so natural. It was just amazing and absolute. And then when I, I had him read with Andy, and immediately I could see the spark between them, you know? Yeah. And then another another method I do as well is, uh, is I give all of the actors a character history. So um, I give the history of the character from the time the character was born to when the movie starts. So they know everything about their character the time we start filming, you know? And then what I do is I sit them down and I interview them as they're in their characters, you know? And I had Andy and um, the boy interviewed together and already the chemistry. And then I knew these two are perfect together, you know, amazing. And off camera, it, it wasn't, they weren't acting, like there was no break. They were, they loved each other off camera as well, well as on camera. And wow. they were joking on camera and off camera. It was so great. It was amazing to see. And That's Luke so is just, yeah, I mean, he's so natural. He's, he's, he's just incredible young actor, amazing. When it works, Unique. it works. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So how did you and cinematographer Pierce McGrill decide on the film's aesthetics, specifically the use of neons in those nighttime scenes? Oh, yeah, well, neon was a big... I mean, I grew up on American movies, especially movies from the 70s. And one thing I always remember from, from you know, um, movies from the 70s is... The, is the, and it seems real exotic and American to me, is that neon, you know? I remember it even in black and white it works even in in psycho i remember that knee that amazing shot that uh hitchcock cuts to of the of the of the neon sign lighting up in in, in, in um, and the one in the rain as well in, in psycho and also um in taxi driver all those neon signs of the diners and stuff and um but not only that i wanted those rich uh primary colors uh, like you see in films from the 70s so what we did was we used lenses, Panavision lenses from the 70s, and we put those on the uh, Alexa camera. So it really brought out the colors, and then we brought out the colors even more in in, um, in post as well, you know? But another thing I wanted to do, I, I wanted this film to go from the structure of it, to go from a kind of Norman Rockwell view of America, like this per seems perfect, this life they have, and then she descends into this taxi driver version of, of America, you know? So it goes from from the from upper middle class to 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 the underclass, you know, and and, and it shows all sides of America. I think you know, that's um, that's where that's where the neon came from, you know. And we discussed, we had hundreds and hundreds of these reference photographs that we found from different movies and stuff, you know. And um, another thing, me and Pierce do is we um, we plan every single shot in the film. I mean. Every shot you see in the film, there is nothing on the cutting room floor. That is the film that we shot. Wow. So if there's two shots in a film, they're the only two shots we shot, you know? So um, wow. there is there is no, I mean, pretty much we're editing in the camera. Mm. Um, but yeah, we planned it down to a T, you know, it's just uh, that neon. Yeah, I'm glad you picked up on that because that was a huge aspect for me. And, oh. and it came up in the budget negotiations as well because they wanted to cut it because the neon was so expensive, but I said, no, it's just, it's, I've always imagined the neon signs in this film. It has to be that, it has to be that. Yeah. So I'm glad we got it in. Yeah, it really stood out. It looked great. I noticed it right away from that opening scene when the main character is driving down. I was like, okay, this looks cool. 
Amazing, amazing, thanks. So this also leads right into my next question. Which films or directors have influenced you as a filmmaker, but also the film's son? Oh, um, well, do you, uh, do, I mean, I suppose it's, it's too many to, to count. The, but my favorite directors are, um, I love Ig Igmar Bergman is my favorite director. I'm actually living in Sweden now. I'm not that far from where, where he used to live and work. And um, my wife is Swedish. And, and, and um, I love my favorite film. The film I've watched, I'm not saying it's the most perfect film in the world, but the film I've watched more than any others is uh, Martin Scorsese's um, After Hours. Um, I think it's a perfect movie. I, I learned so much from that. I must have watched it 300 times. Uh, I, I love that film so much. Um, I, I learned everything about editing from that film. It's just just amazing, the atmosphere. I love David Lynch as well. I, um, I love his movies. I particularly like Fire Walk With Me, the, the Twin Peaks movie he made. Um, um, I love Pasolini as well, the Italian director. I mean, it's endless. But for some, to be honest with you, I wasn't watching that many movies when I was writing it because I was taking care of the baby. So if anyone, if you probably know yourself, if you have a kid, if anyone has a kid, they know what it's like. You're just too exhausted to concentrate on anything, you know? So um, at the time, I wasn't watching anything, but I'm sure the influences are 200 films from my entire life, you know? But I can't pinpoint them That's for this cool. film, really, you know? Yeah. So you've written and directed all of your films. Do you prefer yeah. the freedom of making your own work, or would you like to partner with someone in the future? Well, um, for the first time, I've just... Um, I'm writing an eight-part TV series. I'm just almost finished writing the outlines on the first two scripts. Wow. And for that, I've partnered up with a, a, a writer called Sally Tatchell on that. So that's for MGM. And then I've um, written a script um, called Vengeance with, um, with uh, John Bassoff. He's a, um, a, a crime novelist. So these are the first two collaborators writing-wise I've ever worked with. And it's been great. They've been perfect. So I'm thinking maybe I should have done it before, you know? Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if the right script came along, sure, uh, I'd, I'd jump at the chance, you know. Yeah, I'm offered scripts a lot, but nothing I'm that passionate about. Mm -hmm. um, I, after The Canal came out, my first horror film, I was offered a couple of really big films, and they went on to be pretty big. But I turned them down because I didn't really connect with them. Mm -hmm. But I'm always living in hope of that um, great script coming along by someone else, you know. But I haven't seen it yet. Okay, cool. So this is your first film to take place in the United States. You are currently in well, Sweden. The first film, no, it's the first film to be shot in the United States. But ah, my previous yeah. one, Never Grow Old, was a Western, which was yeah. set in the United States, but it was actually shot in Ireland and Luxembourg, which is funny. Yes, you are right. My bad. So it's your first film to be shot in the United States. Yeah, what yeah. What do you want to shoot in the U.S.? Why? Well, it just feel, it feels like all the times I've been here, it feels like, it's so vast, you know, it feels like anything can happen there, you know? So no matter how fantastical the story, it, it doesn't feel out of place in America, you know? It, feel, it feels like, whereas in Ireland, uh, where I'm from, um, everything's really small, you know? It's, everyone knows everyone else. So really, you can't, if I mean, you, just say you were making a film about a werewolf in Ireland, well, you'd probably know the fellow who was the werewolf because you know everyone there. But, <laughs> but in America, you can get away with it because it's so vast, you know? It's just, yeah. the possibilities just seem endless. And also, because I grew up on American movies, I kind of feel like I, I knew it before I visited it, you know? 
uh, and it seems to me, and we shot in Mississippi, everywhere I turned the camera seemed like cinematic to me, you know, and exotic. So um, that's the reason, you know, um, there's, so there's endless possibilities there. Yeah. yeah, I love that. So how did you figure out that horror was the genre you wanted to specialize in? Did you always know or...? No, I mean, uh, the first few films I made were uh, family dramas, art house films, but they were, I, I made a film called The Fading Light, which got me noticed at festivals and stuff, and, and which was about a very personal film about a mother dying of cancer. And it was a little bit like Bergman's Cries and Whispers. It was very graphic and it was, there was elements of horror, but real life horror, you know, mm-hmm. became a very, it was a very personal family film, you know, and um and the films I remember loving and one staying with me were mostly horror movies growing up, you know. I remember when I was seven years old, I, I had a fever and I woke up and I went down the stairs to my mother and father and they were watching a movie and it was the end of Rosemary's Baby. That scene where she looks in the crib and she says, what have you done to his eyes? And I, I was only seven years old, but that shot of her putting her hand to her mouth and saying, what have you done to it? Stayed with me my entire life, you know. Yeah. And, and w- when I started making films, I, I started to think, God, the power of cinema, the power of those, that horror movie, you know? Yeah. And me and my sister used to watch um, rent horror movies from um, my younger sister from, from the local video store. And uh, I don't know, there were ones I always enjoyed and I seem to have a feel for it, you know? And also, like I said earlier on, anything is possible with horror movies you can be as subversive as you want you can yeah. create a whole world your whole universe dripping with atmosphere and and push sound design to its breaking point almost it just seems endless possibilities you know yeah awesome so my final question and then i'll let you go can you please tell us what your current i mean you already uh told us about your series but are you working on anything else what should we be looking out for from you yeah, I mean, um, I, I have a film just going out. I, I mentioned it earlier, but I'll tell you a bit more about it. It's, it's a neo-noir called um, Vengeance with uh, John Bassoff, the, the crime writer. And there's a lot of black comedy in it. It's very violent. Again, it's set in America. Um, it's just gone out for financing. Um, we just got word that um, a pretty big actor is, is interested. So I'm hoping that will come together pretty quick. And then this is a TV series. And... I'm also, I've just finished a draft of a, um, a horror movie set in Ireland in the, in the 17th century. And um, it's based on, a, on an actual case of witchcraft from the 17th century. So um, I'm looking forward to finishing that one. Cool. And a few other stuff I'm it. mulling over as well. That's awesome. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat with us, Ivan. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Cheers. Bye.